Hello, welcome to the Mythology Marksmanship Podcast. My name is Morgan King. And I'm Brady Allenson. And today we're going to talk about, we're just really going to introduce ourselves and run through the setups that we're shooting for PRS matches and some of the components we use. And then at, at towards the end, I think we'll talk about the Ruger-Koenig match that happened about three weeks ago and talk about our experience there. So first, um, Brady, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got into shooting? Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I actually was in a air gun shop here in Utah, just shooting air guns with a couple of buddies over there. And one of them was like, man, you should really go shoot a 22 match. And I was like, all right. So I went and shot a 22 match and then I was hooked. So I built a PRS rifle and went to one match, met Morgan at the very first match and been on the ground running ever since basically nonstop. It feels like. Yeah, you've great, come along fast. I've, yeah, I've tried my best for sure. It's been a wild ride for the last couple of years. Put everything everything I have into it for sure. Yeah, it's pretty wild how good you've gotten in, what, two years? Yeah, yeah, a little over two years now. Yeah. But yeah, it's been good. It's, I love it. Yep. Yeah, I my journey into the game was not as sudden or abrupt as yours. Like mine, I feel like was like slow over the course of like ten years of like seeing different competitions, but didn't know what competition I wanted to get into. I just knew I wanted to get better at hunting, and so I tried like a little F class match. Right after I graduated high school, didn't really like it, then left for two years, came back, built me a gun for hunting, and then shot that and figured out how to like hit rocks at the first shot out to a thousand. That was kind of my goal, and then the PRS matches started getting a little bit bigger in our area, and Paul Higley, I saw him in... Um, the sportsman's warehouse parking lot one day and kind of talked to him a little bit and well we met at the, that's how you guys met yeah we met at the local range in uh over here in logan have you been to that with me before uh-uh, i've never been there oh there's like a little local local range here in logan utah that's it, it's just a paper range that's got 100 200 300 yard little places you can go put up a piece of paper it ain't too bad but uh so i show up there one day and in there wasn't that many people at the range and i had my seven mag which is i mean it was it was a uh, custom off of a remington 700 um in like a kuyu dip stock i was so proud of that thing <laughs> and <laughs> anyway uh and then he shows up with like his desert tech um 6547 and we i looked over saw his gun and he looked over looked at mine and then it it's, it was like love at first sight <laughs> <laughs> just knew you'd be friends yep yep well I mean, he talked about going to some matches or something. He just he'd been going for like six months, and I was I remember thinking I want to do that. And then he told me about a little match that was going on around here, and I I thought, well, yeah, I'd go to it, but didn't think much of it until I saw him in Sportsman's Warehouse parking lot. Um, couple days later and then i went and then he told me to go to that match and i went and it was like a little belly match for 600 and a thousand i ended up getting second in it which was got like, like brian and mike were there and all the like kevin norman and, and guys that the own at the time they were uh, bullseye precision but now they work for best of the west they were there 
So a bunch of guys that, like, you know, I I knew. Well, Landon Giants from Bullseye, he built my seven mag. Um, but they were all there, and like that was their thing. Like Landon Giants and Kevin Norman, they won the Vortex Extreme match like three or four times in a row. So they were kind of the man, and when it comes to the um, precision rifle stuff the way that it used to be shot back then it was just belly matches that people show up put their money down and win something back then it was it was completely different because the prs was not big around here at all and then um paul i seen him like a few months later and he says hey you ought to come to these matches in price because i'd seen him on youtube and he went to him and i was I thought that's a pretty cool idea, so I went down with him, and then I I think we went every month for the next two years to that match. I didn't realize that's how those started were belly matches. That's drastically different than I well than I started. Well, they weren't belly match. Those ones weren't belly matches, but those were there was like two or three options you had for precisional for posi- positional like prs style matches oh there was a lot of you know did you ever see the what the vortex extreme was i saw some videos but i had never i never knew anybody that even did it i did it like twice okay well i do know somebody that did it me and paul dallin got second in it when i think yeah we got second or something and mike and brian won it that year Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, once the PRS started getting big around here, that's what yeah. killed those matches because, like, Kevin Norman, I, sh- I probably shouldn't be listing people's names, but those types of guys, like the guys that own Red Rock um, Precision, you ever see- seen yeah. those rifles? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, the Gunworks guys would come down. Best the West would have a team. They'd all have these teams. But then when the PRS kind of got big, it made guys good fast. Like, Eric Murray was pretty good at those style matches. Like, really scary good at those style of matches. Like, won a couple rifles at those. And, uh, yeah. And then as time went on, people just got really, really good. And those guys did not like losing. Nobody does. Yeah, no, I get that, obviously. <laughs> I understand not liking to lose. I understand that all too well. That's half my motivation to do good. I know. Maybe most of my motivation to do good. I like winning a lot, but, boy, I hate losing more than anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I would but, agree with you. But yeah, that's how I. That's how it was. It, 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 and then the PRS style ones just grew more and more popularity to where, obviously, that's pretty much all the. That I mean, they're way more popular now. As far as, yeah. There was a time that you were getting like sixty guys in one place or eighty guys in one place for a match, but there was that was the only match around that yeah. month within you know, eight hours, so everybody would show up to it, where now you have, you can go to three or four matches, local matches a month, within two hours of the house, right? Yeah, our local scene is, other than Texas, man, I think we've got one of the biggest local match scenes in the country, as far as I know. I don't, I don't know if you can even argue with that, like, I mean, it just is what it is, like, uh, we have a really good uh, Wisconsin might have uh, one that can rival it at least, you know. Yeah, but, but I think ours. Is, I know we have a bunch compared to what I hear from everybody else. I hear a lot of guys say, "Oh, we don't do close local matches six hours away or four or six, eight, any of those." It's like, yeah, I mean, yep. We usually, like you said, we've got three to four every month that are within two to four hours. Yep. Um, yeah, so, 
What? But, uh, so has your rifle changed much since you started? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, when I first started, I didn't know anybody in this sport really at all. So I can't remember the guy's name that changed my first gun, but. Right off the bat, after I went to my very first match and met you guys, I had Garrett, Priest Precision, freaking chamber up a rifle about I don't know, a month later or whatever, and he's done all my guns since, and I went from a one brand over to an MPA and stayed with Masterpiece Arms ever since. I've loved it. Yeah, I, it's definitely you, changed for sure. What did you run from before MPA? I had a MDT ACC. Oh, that's that I started right. with. And then, yeah, I had MDT ACC. First gun was on a Tika in a 6GT. I had that and then shot that for a little bit. And then, yeah, like I said, I <laughs> it was pretty quick after I had Garrett build me a, a gun, like full custom build pretty yeah. fast. I knew in my first match, I knew I was hooked. <laughs> <laughs> kind of to a point where I can't even believe how hooked I was after the very first match. I was kind of blown away by it. It gets you. It sucks you it, in, you it know. It does. Yeah. It's it's one of the most addicting things I've ever done. I do I like to do fun things and that was I mean, yeah. It's been the most addicting thing I think I've ever done. Yeah. There's just so much room for improvement all the time and you're never perfect and I don't know, I like that. Growing up playing baseball, and like you can always improve. Yep. So you you're running. So Garrett, he's spinning your barrels up, which obviously, you know my opinion on him. I think he he's if he's not the best in the country, he's at least one of the best in the country at yeah, doing it. Mean, I mean, every every barrel we get, every rebarrel, it's, I mean, everything shoots freaking money all the time it's yeah he does an amazing job we love garrett for sure yep yeah i'm super happy with the way my guns shoot i mean seems like yours is always hammering too yeah yeah it ain't the gun it's my brain (laughs) when i shoot bad (laughs) i think that's all of us most of the time and we're both running Lone Peaks. Yep. Lone yep. Peak fusion actions. Love them. Freaking best action out there. Mike and Brian are some of the best dudes I've ever met. Yep. Oh, those guys, especially, I mean, they make, I feel like, and I say this all the time, I feel like uh, in this game, if you want the best, um, if you want the best actions available, as far as like reliability, they shoot in all conditions well, or they yeah. or they run in all conditions well. They take, um, well, I guess that's the difference between the two. You have two op, two real options um, of having an action that's going to function, do what you want, um, and is reliable, and that's impact in Lone Peak. The difference is in the two is the impacts run trigger hangers and lone peaks run trigger pins and uh, impact they you have to request specifically to get an AW cut yeah Um, and then lone peak they come standard because that's what Mike and Brian run that's what they I mean they're those uh, mags for like a dasher style case with an yeah. HRD kit. I mean, they the magazines don't get any better than that. So, I I agree. That's why I see a lot of guys running AI mags, and they're great. I mean, I'll run them. I run twelve rounders for sure. And yep. But I mean, when you get on a stage where you got to rest your bag on a rock in a weird position, you've got that twelve rounder hitting the rock. I, that just doesn't ever happen. With well. I don't. I think the big thing is is guys um, on this side of the country value that short magazine quite yeah. a bit, but on yeah. the other side of the country, it's not a big deal, right? Because you yeah, shoot, yeah. 
you you just don't shoot the same style stuff. You shoot yes. like a barricade. You shoot certain yeah. things where your magazine can hang down. But then you come out yeah. here and you get on a flat rock and you got to put your bag on it. Well, your your bag's not big enough to hold your mag off the rock, so it's digging into a rock or something like that, and it's getting in the way. Where if you have a mag, a mag that barely pokes out the bottom of your trigger guard, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, that's been one of my... And, I mean, with an AW cut, you can run both. With an AI cut, you can't. Yep. So, yep. in my head, it's... I, I love AI. Well, that's, I mean, and I can't speak too much to um, the impact AW cut. And I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. But I just know that the Lone Peak one... I mean, it works. I mean, they've got that yeah. thing kind of nailed down to where that it runs real good. And I don't know. I'm a fan. Now, obviously, Tate makes a really good action. So does Mike and Brian. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And all and, three dudes are some of the best dudes. On oh, the yeah. Like, you can be very confident, which with, with ever. Whichever one you buy, you're buying from a good guy. Yes. And somebody who values precision and And just supports our perfection. game and Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hundred yep. percent. Uh and then our triggers are different. I'm running uh a Bix and Andy Taxport Pro and you're running a diamond, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've ran diamonds ever since day one for that's just what i bought and i've loved them i've never had any issues and i just i have a hard time changing once when something works i i like to stick with it yeah i'm the same way i don't nobody well i don't really like changing things up much so yeah it's 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 just hard when you shoot as much as we do you get used to the feel of something and you change it and you notice oh yeah it's definitely different i know when my trigger moves an ounce yeah. You just yeah, know it's... because you're like, man, it should have been off by now. Yep. 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 And then yeah. I'm running uh, benchmark barrels, and are you just running whatever Garrett's got? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I ran proofs pretty much primarily for the last few months, and then um, this new one I got that is ridiculous it's been shooting freaking so good it's been a hawk hill um but i did order i ordered a couple benchmarks so we'll try those next once these two barrels are burned out but right now i've got a proof and a hawk hill spun up that i kind of rotate back and forth with yeah as of late i've had quite a bit of well because i haven't been shooting benchmarks for very long but you know i got got in touch or I guess I got set up with them, so I shoot for them now, and I've been super happy with them so far, so I think yeah. you like them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, all the seems to be all the top West Coast guys are running on the western side of the country, and Bertichini, you, Jake, John, I don't know what Matt runs. I know little Jake runs them, and it seems like everybody loves them. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're Definitely have never heard a bad thing about them for sure. Yep. But, what break you got? Uh, I run the APA. I think it's the little bastard. Gen Those are, Gen yeah, two? that's what you have. They're good. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you got that secret muzzle break that I can't It's not, se- it's not secret. It's, it's, uh, it's I just can't a mouthful. It's just, <laughs> well. Well, he had a tough time getting them over here. I think he's going to get some more. They they got more people. I don't know. It's an it's the Aussie breaks. That's what I call it. But yeah, uh, it's BJ DeGroot from Australia. His company's Strike Without Warning. It's a tuning muzzle brake. I you know I uh, have been I've had a tuner on my rifle now for like two years and. Everybody always asks me about them, and I use them from time to time. I don't know how much they do because I haven't put enough testing into it. But 
the on this one the tuner is integrated into the brake so it really doesn't matter and that brake as far as the testing he's done and just due to my just pulling the trigger and seeing what happens it seems like like compared to my fat bastard and my little bastard like it it's better they're they're pretty sweet when I mean, i've shot your gun it i i like them the recoil impulse feels definitely a little better for sure i they're nice i, I like them a lot well i and i've been running it what really sold me you were there but i started running my six five a six five last year i started to run it at select matches right like I would yeah. take it to some that were a little bit longer or if I thought that was more wind. Which I don't know that it's really an advantage in the wind. I know people always think that's what I'm doing, but it's that's <laughs> definitely not the reason why I'm running them. Yeah. Uh, well, hammers, you can't argue. I mean, it's... It, oh, for yeah. I mean, That I thing shoots so good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I ran it, what... I think I probably ran it in five matches last year. And then finally about halfway through December this year, I decided that's all I'm going to shoot this next year. And so you see what happens because I shoot it good. So that's all I've shot this year except for today at that local match. I shot my six because it was a suppressor only match. And I didn't want to take the break off my six five. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, the sixes shoot amazing too. And that's what I would shoot a six five if I could shoot one like you do. I just, I, I don't know. You handle recoil way better than I do, or something. I don't know because I can't shoot a six five like you can shoot that thing. Well, I do think there's it's a a lot a lot of it has to do with fundamentals, which. Yeah. I think you and I ought to get, do a, a a few episodes on the fundamentals and what they are because that's such an arbitrary subject. You talk to shooters, yeah. and to to me, it's kind of funny. You listen to guys that have been shooting for years, and you say, "Hey, what are the fundamentals of marksmanship?" And if you ask five guys, you'll get five different answers. Yeah. Yeah. They, nobody just about that. Yeah, you just hear this this thing focus on the fundamentals and they don't even I mean they're just saying Yeah, that. you turn around and ask them what the fundamentals are and they don't know. Which yeah. I'll straight up say, I don't know exactly what they are and I feel yeah. like they're different for a lot of people. Well, and I'm the a-hole that would turn around and ask the guy that just said focus on the <laughs> fundamentals and they would and I'd be like, "What are they?" Yeah. Just to just to see him squirm. Yeah. Which whatever, that's I a could, uh, that's my own problem. <laughs> <laughs> you like to stir the pot every now and then. Yeah. Well today I told a guy uh he go he turned around and I and I there was this those diamonds at four twenty that at Tony's place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's these little diamonds for you guys, uh, and they're on. It's on a double T post hanger, um, and they're it's hung from a strap, and they're four tenths wide diamonds. So from tip to tip, four tenths. They're not real big, and if you miss those, well, your bullet hits 80 yards behind them, and you can't really see. And and it's in in two feet of grass too it's green right now so the grass is high and you just see this big old plume of dust coming out of the grass 80 yards behind the target and you have no idea where you where your rounds went well i missed the first one i make a correction i just looked at the mirage and held more into the mirage and that got me an edge hit off of like it was the bottom right edge i just guessed which edge because of where the dust end up being because i still couldn't tell because it was washed out from the mirage well my next one i have no idea where it went because i tried to make a correction based off of what that was and it held a little higher and a little lefter and it still missed so who knows if 
I have no idea. And then I went and hit everything else on the stage. But then I get off and I ask, I turn around and ask them guys, it's like, so did I see it right? Did I hit the bottom right edge? And they're like, yeah. I was like, where'd the next one go? And the guy's like, I, th I don't know. I, I think it went, and I don't even know what he said. But then, he, And then I was like, are you, are you sure? Because I adjusted the other way. And he got, and he says, well, I was watching the trace and I cut him off. And I was like, when you say trace, just that word trace, do you know what I think? And, I was, and he's like, what? And I was like, well, your answer loses credibility in my mind. So, and I know that's probably unpopular for people to say. Well, but, dude, it's hard because, like, like we've talked about, like, guys, I mean, you can watch Trace all day long if, if it's visible or whatever, but what somebody's seeing and then what you see through your scope, and it, I mean, granted, they're, they're on a binos or they're on a spotter, it's yeah. not moving, but I, when you correct the way you think you need to and then get a hit and they're saying, well, your the trace opposite. was here. Yeah. yeah, it's opposite. I mean, it just doesn't add up sometimes. No. I mean, so, and I told the guy, I was like, I wasn't trying to be an a-hole. I was just trying to kind of, which I, it did come off that way, I think. But I was just trying to to, to tell him, I'm like, because I hear people talk about trace all the time. And, and I think it makes younger guy or like newer guys, kind of when they're looking and they, and they're, they're expecting like that at some point there's going to be this breakthrough where they start watching yeah. all this mirage in their yeah. in their scope and that breakthrough may never come well, there's right. guys there's new guys that give for us even not even new guys like i've had i had somebody i can't remember it was a little while back but they're like i just don't understand how you guys see trace all the time and i'm like i don't see trace very often like i just want to see where that bullet hit most of the time like if it missed i i need to see where it hit and they're like well all these guys are saying they see trace all the time i'm like i mean they might be but i don't i mean i definitely don't see it that much if very often at all well i think and i've been since i got done with finals here in vet school so i'm gonna i'm gonna spend some time in the next week or so kind of experimenting with it uh because i've never sat down or like and really spent a ton of time working on just seeing trace because maybe yeah. there's something to it because i know jake swears and i've asked him and yeah. and he's told me he says i mean i asked him just like what last week i i talked to him about it for i don't know quite a little bit and and he swears he sees it quite a bit like almost every shot and he but, may and maybe he does, but my my thing is I don't even care if he does. In my mind, that's a remnant of where the of where the bullet was. It's not where the yeah. bullet is. That's where it the is. a bullet was, and then yeah. you expect to see it from the apex to the target, and 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 be able to still see stuff at the target when you're looking, you're watching something that is evidence of where a bullet was well you're just yeah. going to be behind because first of all yeah. your brain can't track it fast enough because it we're humans we're not a freaking supercomputer uh and then on top of that you're also going to be inherently behind because you're watching something that comes after a bullet is there yeah and so you're just going to be, be you're behind all the way around so they're like jake i whether he, if he sees it every shot that's cool and and like john was telling me not too long ago he's like, he's like it is amazing watching him sometimes because you'll see him on a skyline target and he'll just you, you, he's like he's like i thought similar to what you think but then he's like i watched him for a while and he says you'll see him miss and then you're and you don't see anything and all of a sudden, the next shot goes dead center of the plate, and you ask him, well, how the heck did you do that? And he's like, oh, I just watched yeah. the trace, measured it, corrected, yeah. and boom, right in the middle of the plate. And, I'm, and so I'm like, well, maybe there's a time for it, right? Maybe there's That's a time. That's the time. Skyline targets are when you've right. got to try. That's, That's when right. you got to try and see it. 
Yep. So maybe that's why I, lately I've been thinking because I'm always looking for things to improve on because you got to be working on something. So maybe I need to go look and pay attention to that because I, I just don't look at Trace. I think it's too fickle, unreliable, uh, and you're behind. And I think the stuff you see at the Target is way more applicable and way more beneficial to showing you. Now, when, since you hear people say trace and all this stuff, it sounds cool and it's that thing you can think you can say when when you can't explain what you saw or why you think something, so you just say, well, I saw trace. Yeah. And then everybody goes, everybody else is thinking, well, I didn't see trace, so I can't question him. <laughs> yeah. And so you, like, People, I see people do that all the time because they, it's like this thing where nobody wants to call the other one out for being a liar. Yeah. And well, that's, I don't, guys I don't know that they trace. are a liar, right? Because like they see it, like you say you see it being a spotter six out of ten times or five out of ten times, then yeah. you saw some trace, and and every now and again you might see trace do some weird things. Because it's true, you so much. It's so easy to see it be in a spotter, but most of the time I'm still not looking for it, and I don't think most people are. Most people yeah. are watching at the target and looking for something happening there. Because like most of the time, I figure trace is a benefit. I look at the target. I try to see what happens there, and every now and again I'll see. It's almost like a ghost in your periphery like yeah. a spirit you see this spirit just fly by you'll just see a little flicker of something over on a side of the plate a lot of times i'll see it going up through my field of view and then yeah. and then it and then i i don't look for it i keep my eye I on the target on yeah i'll just see yeah. it going up and i can see it going up to the right and then i'm and then it gives me an idea if i go up right in line with it the target then i know oh it's probably going to go downwind and then if yeah. I see it going up to the right, maybe it's going to go, or, or the right, if it's going off to the side more than I think it should, then maybe in yeah. it, maybe it stays over there. And then I, so then if I do need to make a correction and can't see something, I might, I might make a correction arbitrarily based upon the, the little bit of what I see on the way up. And then sometimes you'll be looking at the target and you'll just see out of the periphery, you'll see something flicker like a, like a little spirit flying by on one side of the plate, and then you just kind of immediately I just go, ah, there's probably Trace over there. That's probably what that was. Yeah. And, and I've corrected off that quite a bit, and it it will, like every now and again, it's like God throws you a bone and says, here, idiot. Yeah. That's where your bullet was. And if you catch it, then cool. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's a lot of times. I mean, you're catching that little glimmer. That's what, like, and again, I'm sure there's guys that see it, I guess. But, like, to say you're watching Trace the whole way, to me, is wild. Like, I don't, and, I mean, dude, there's dudes out there that are better than I am. I, that's fine. But to say you see it the whole way, I, like, why does it, and maybe this is odd to some people, but. Why does it matter where it is until it's to the target? I don't like. I don't care where the trace goes. All I want to see is where my miss was, or my hit, where I hit on the plate. I don't. I don't know. I just can't grasp the whole thing of watching trace the entire way. You know, like I saw trace the whole way. I'm like, well, yeah, you still missed off the right, so you must not have. Yeah, and know. I'm not trying to say everyone's a liar that says this no. right but i yeah. do think it's almost a defense mechanism that people use subconsciously um like when they're like when they question something and they don't know what they saw but they saw something they they think they saw the plate move they saw something and yeah. so they'll say well i watched the trace going in there and then you know and then they say whatever they say, but then when they say when they say that, I really, I just have spent enough time. I have spent time trying to reliably see Trace. Yeah. 
I won't say that I haven't spent any time because I have yeah. spent time. And you can look for it, but what I found most of the time, and I'll, I'll you know, have more on this later because I'm going to spend some time here soon trying to, uh, I guess, see if I if there's something that I'm missing, right? And yeah. that maybe I'm wrong, which I'm totally fine admitting, you know what, I was wrong. It's worth looking at it. But I, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, but I just feel like, in my opinion, Trace is not important. It's hard to see reliably. And uh, I think that it's been the idea of seeing Trace has been popularized by guys that are good, that have been really, really good in this game. And yeah. they may or may not see it. As much as they claim, they might see it yeah. that much. I don't know. I'm not going to call them yeah. them uh, crazy because I've seen specifically uh, Jake do some pretty cool things with a gun. Like I know. Well, that's what I was going to say. You can't could. argue. I mean, yeah, he's done. He's, done he's good, the right? I can shoot a rifle. There's no. But there's no question in my mind that you can be very successful not looking for trace one bit. How do I know that? I don't look for it. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, arguably, that means in the last two years, that's been the most successful way to shoot a gun. Yeah. Because, well, it's been, it's won the most mana matches. How about that? Yeah. Well, yeah, and you can't argue with that either. That's the thing. I mean, you've won an insane amount of matches since I've met you, and... Yeah, I mean, but but if there's a way to get better, right? Then I'm right. cool with it. I, always I'm I'm always open to that. But I just mean, obviously, maybe I need to incorporate that into my game for certain situations. Yeah. Or may or maybe I'm just missing something in, and uh, well, and it depends on where you are too. I will say, I, I mean, and the day. The day and humidity, and I mean, I feel like I see Trace a lot better when we're out in Georgia than I do out here, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but do you I mean, need to no see it in Georgia? It. No, I'm exactly. just saying I notice it more. I know, I know. So, I mean, I notice it more. It. I notice it more with my 6.5. Shoot, that oh, thing's sure. like watching a 747 yeah. fly through the air <laughs> compared yeah. to my 109s. Yeah, we've talked about that. <laughs> When I it's shoot just a, a bigger bullet. Yeah. 153 and a half or a 156 going 2,700 feet per second, that's yeah. pretty freaking nice because it's slow. So you got all this bullet wake. You got, yeah. you know, you're dialing more dope than with your six. So it's in the air for a lot longer and yeah. easier to see. For and sure. Yeah. And I mean, it puts, it puts a big wake out there. Yeah. I mean, it's dang near fifty percent larger in mass yeah. than the uh, than the one hundred and nine. So yeah, it's it's yeah. You notice it, jump. no yeah. doubt about oh, it. Oh yeah, I mean, you notice it when you're shooting the gun too. But Yo, yeah. it's not that much. The biggest thing is, and also you really notice it when you hit the plate and when yep. you miss the plate. Like you, yep. you, you see everything. I in my, I think. Obviously, the recoil is more to manage, but if you manage it properly, it's 100% manageable. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's definitely, the splash is better with one for sure. I mean, you you watch me in Georgia freaking on the long range stage. I could not see where I was missing just because they were in the shadows, I'm assuming. I mean... And I, I think saw with a 6.5, you, you've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think I saw every round of that match, right? Yeah. Yep. And where I don't think – I think I might have been the only person to see every round of that match. Yeah. Just yep. be, And it, it comes down to the fact that a uh, 153.5 or a 156, like, it's just – it's harder to – it's, like, it's, it's not as forgiving – on your 
your technique and fundamentals. But yeah, in my opinion, it's a little bit easier to see sometimes. Yeah. So the majority of the time, yeah. probably. I mean, if you can manage the recoil, I think. If you can manage the recoil, that's what makes it yeah. arguably easier to see, right? Yeah. Because yeah. because say, like you just can't. You don't have the forgiveness to back off the rifle um, when you get in that one position where it's just wobbly as crap, and a lot of times yeah. you you know it's easier to free recoil, especially with for time's sake. It, you don't yeah. always have the time to settle everything and then move around. You just know, hey, yeah. if I'm shooting my six, I can back off the gun, and oh, yeah. and any uh, of the BR variants. Yeah, sure. exactly. And you can be over there, hold the gun down with your hand, and and uh, squeeze the trigger off, and not have any contact, and you don't even need to catch the rifle. Well, with yeah. a six five, you just can't do that. It's moving somewhere. No. Yeah. So yeah, there, you you better be there to stop. <laughs> yeah, there's Step a trade off. There's a definite trade off. Um. Well, I think we can probably go through. Uh, let's talk about our scopes, and then after that, we there's a few more things we can go through. But let's we can go. We we'll just move on and uh, talk about. Um, Colorado. Colorado match. Okay. And then, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Scopes will be easy. Both are in the Mark Fives, loophole Mark Fives, eleven. Yep, with PR two reticle. PR two reticle. You guys making fun of the quarter marks when we're out there talking quarters at matches? Yeah, let's talk we about that them. because you know how many times I get questions. What do you think about the quarters? Do you like them? I know. Like I, know. I don't know how many times, and people it's like a half a tenth. It's uh, a half a tenth. Well, the, here's the thing. People, people, I get, the, I get this on Facebook even too. Like people know I'm sponsored by Leopold, right? Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm a biased review. I'm gonna tell you. You can't say it right, but you're sponsored by. <laughs> it's Leopold. They can say Leopold all they want. They'll make them right. Oh, I'm just kidding. Leopold. Well, anyway, so I got, I shoot, shoot for Leopold. <laughs> Dag, I'm late put on that scope over, on that gun over there. That's my. Well, I'm not gonna lie. I said it that way my entire life until I started shooting for him. I was like, oh, I feel like I probably ought to say it properly. <laughs> not anyways. I, I should. Yeah, I don't. I I probably should say it better. I'm sorry. But I uh, we, uh, you know, I I don't feel like I've been a better. Bad, been a bad ambassador of the brand though no so, no like you know it's been good to me but so the quarters like people are gonna they ask people ask me um what do you think about the quarters yeah. and i tell them i like them it's easy it's simple because yeah. i prefer and and this is personal preference i learned this after after uh when i started shooting for Leopold, they had the CCH reticle, and the CCH reticle, is, I hate that reticle. It's a grid, like a horse reticle, but it has quarters. It's a, it's yeah. basically a horse reticle with quarters. Well, I liked the quarters. Well, what I didn't like was the grid. I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but a couple of years ago, it was super popular to have grids in this game, and I never did get it because... I still don't even like a tree all that much. I like a little bit of a tree, yeah. but a very minimal because, I mean, shoot, I don't use it very much. Uh, yep. I mean, that's the bottom of the line. And most of the time, it's just in the way. So I want something that's minimal so I can be able to clean. see. Yeah, minimal, clean, simple, because you don't need it. Like, And the way I manage recoil is a lot of people are trying. They, they, they want the wrap. They got this big old explosion go off in front of their face. And the gun moves backwards, and then they freak out because it's moving up, and and then they want to push it back to the middle. They want to push yeah. the the reticle to where the target's back in the middle of the scope. Well, all that happened right there is the gun moved all the way to where it was going to move, and then it had to stop at some point, and then you pushed it back to the middle. So it moved 
twice as far, if not a little bit farther, and took longer to, to finally stop than if you would just let, let it move to where it's going to move and stop. So like me, when I manage recoil, a lot of times it like it, the gun comes back and I just catch it. That's my philosophy. I just want to catch it. So say it moves up two and a half mils and then just kind of settles at two, right? I just want it to go up and kind of stop as fast as possible. That's my goal is stop the gun or have the gun stop as fast as possible. And usually yeah. that involves me just catching the rifle. Uh, and just letting it stop where it stops and not caring. Well, the thing is, not if you got this, it back. yeah, yeah. If you were trying to move it back, then obviously you're moving uh, three mils up, three mils back. Well, shoot, if you just yeah. let it move uh, three mils up and stop, well, then you moved half the travel and at least half the time, if not more than half, like less than half the time, because you have to change directions and then move it back and you're not going to move it back as fast as the bullet moved it backwards. So it's probably fat, like, uh, more than twice as fast to just let it stop. And then, and then you have all this time to focus on the target as the bullets coming in there and, uh, and you're not trying to see it kind of on the move. Yeah. When your glass is moving. Well, if you have a grid and you stop there, you're covering the target in all that surrounding area. And guys say, oh, you can look through it. No, no. You don't get used yeah. to looking through it. You get used to stuff being in your way. That's all you yep. get used to. It's not like and when it's hard to see yeah. and you've got that there, then it's real hard to see. Well, and you notice it when even when you go from like a little Christmas tree, simple one, to a... Yeah to a clean even cleaner just regular old um no tree reticle yeah you can even notice that yeah like a tmr that's why i went to the tmr and then i realized i like halves better than i like point twos i i think the quarter is good but i used to shoot at all point twos and the point twos i get lost because i start going two four six eight okay eight you know six and four is the one that gets you because you because it's not close to anything. But then when you go to half mil, you can find point two and point three easy because you know it's it's uh point two is a little bit left of middle in between and three's a little bit right of in between or, or vice versa. Yeah. And yeah. so that was easy. Well then quarters were even more intuitive because because uh, a quarter mark just splits it. So if you need three, you need, and it makes it to where there's less marks in your view. So, yeah. and, you're, and it just basically helps you divvy out that. And when does your Keschel ever say point two exactly? That's, uh, that's exactly. what I was just gonna say. How often does your Keschel say point two? But I Almost still now. write down three tenths on my, like my arm board or oh, whatever. Yeah. Because I, I mean, it's, just, like I'm not gonna write point six two five. Yeah. You know? I mean, oh yeah. I or well, because what it ends up being is, if you split them, it's point one two five, and then if you don't split them, it's point six seven five, right? No, it's yeah, point point six two five. That's what it is. It's point six two five, and it's point one two five, is if you split uh, those. Which whatever. I mean, I don't care. It's essentially six tenths and essentially one tenth. Yeah. Does it doesn't matter? No. So, but well, I mean, it's just you either it's the same thing with the MOA and Mills difference. You either, I mean, it, people say they don't like quarters. I well, th- I it's not a you quarter. Wouldn't. You're not holding you a quarter. To it. You're not. Ho- that's what people's idea is wrong. You only hold a quarter every now and again when your crestal says yeah. hold a quarter. But most of the time, you don't hold a quarter. You just say, yeah. you're, it just helps you be able to delineate where three-tenths is and two-tenths is without having as much stuff cluttering your view. And yeah. you can find it easier because and faster because you just shade in between there one way or the other. And so yeah. you can still have a mark on a little tiny target. But, yep. and... You know, because if you're trying to just hold three tenths, you just shade the quarter mark a little bit strong, and you're three tenths. 
Yep. You want a whole four tenths, you shade the, you do a weak point five, and you're four tenths yep. about. I mean, you, that's what I easy. tell people when they ask, and they think I'm insane. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's just fast. I'm sure you get asked a lot mind. more than it's I do. It's intuitive. Yeah, it's not hard. No, it's just super intuitive. You I just know it. where stuff is, and it's faster to see it because you have, yeah. you know, the if there's a mark on top, that's a half mil, and the marks on bottom is a quarter and three quarter. And it's pretty, it, to me, it's pretty intuitive. But some people, it's not intuitive. So, no, I, I know. I know we're biased, right? But we both run well, other yeah. things. But that's, I mean, I had the chance at the beginning to run whatever I wanted. And I've chosen Mark Price since day one. That's all I've ran. I mean, I've had other scopes, but on my match guns, it's been yeah, Mark well, Five's just, and, I love them. You know, I always keep a tracking deal out at the range, and yeah. I track test every one of them. And I've track tested mm -hmm. a lot of 5 to 25s, and I've never seen one yet uh, track off. Like, they've been yeah. all dead nuts. I only usually yeah. track test in about um, 12 and a half mils. I have a little track test deal at the house. But when I go out there with, with the deal that we got, like, surveyed and yeah. stuff it's those it's always dead nuts so and yeah. they and they always seem to just be spot on so i have not uh that's the big deal is everything is reliable and they they hold their zero i mean shoot fly all over the country pull it out and uh uh after those uh guys on the tarmac lawn dart them into the into the uh freaking planes you didn't need ever pro tip here no. don't watch guys load your yeah. rifle on the tarmac no. or unload it like don't look out the window, window closed talk yeah. to somebody go get a drink uh, do something but do not yeah. watch it it'll just mess nope. with your head because in that whole weekend you just be like well when's my stuff gonna break <laughs> but i've flown all yeah. over the place and as long as you got good a good case you're probably yeah. all right yeah don't skimp on your case and pull your bolt out of your action yeah pull the bolt out so. my gosh I, yeah i've seen show up somewhere with a broken bolt hand <laughs> I've, I've seen quite a few people have that issue um mm -hmm. mike lily had it the other day yeah his bolt snapped in half yeah which uh because mike and brian um, the guys that own Lone Peak tried to replicate it a few times, and the only way they could replicate it is if they hit it with a hammer, and it was <laughs> loose a little bit. So if it wasn't tight, so it wasn't supported, that's the yeah. only way to do it because it broke with the threads. So and, they, and so they're like, that's exactly what happened is because they're hardened steel bolts. So uh, yeah, you know, you get a big old Polynesian jumping on top of that thing with the. Um, with, with the deal, the, I, I mean, in Salt Lake, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I don't mean that at, at anything derogative. I no, you're right. I got a lot of buddies that are um, um, Polynesian. Those guys can beat the crap out of me with one hand tied behind their back because they're just, they're big boys. And, well, they're big and they can throw a 50 pound case. Yeah, exactly, not. and and seems like. Um, a bunch of them like to be the guys that load and unload planes there in Salt yeah. Lake. So if yeah. one of them decide to step on your rifle case, which I think yeah. in Mike's case, that's what happened. And I think he had yeah. his bolt in his gun. He said he hadn't done it in a while, but he couldn't remember. He He's like, I probably had before. And I'll bet that's what happened. So he'd just been waiting yeah. on a time to fail ever since then. And, and stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, well, it turns out he, get a, uh, he got a reshoot on it. Whether that was right or not, he, he got a new bolt and reshot the stage. Yeah. He only got two rounds off. It, I, it's, it doesn't matter. I don't really care. Um, it was in say, the Don't start bringing finale. that stuff up, man. This is the first episode. We don't need to talk about mulligans and reshoots. We'll get people all sorts of heated up. Oh, people are going to be heated up about anything <laughs> we talk about. So I know. I know. But I agree. Anyways, yeah. So I trust the scopes, and uh, right. take your bolt out of your guns, guys. If you're traveling, 
may as well may as well not have something else go down so yeah i guess we could do a travel podcast one of these days yeah no we we should i'm gonna i'm gonna write a couple of things down um um on things that we should do just some tips i mean there's uh even like guys that i didn't know were kind of like wondering about flying with a gun i didn't know like matt crusoe when we were in georgia was asking me about it and i was like I mean, the dude's a pilot. I know. I, I was like, you're a never, pilot. I, I yeah, know. I didn't know he'd never flown with a gun. He's like, well, how is it? I'm like, that's easy, man. You just walk in, check it, sign the paper, and you're good Away to go. You go. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's funny how much, how much experience you have over other guys in the matter of a year, which I don't know. I know. If you guys you, <laughs> listening, I don't know about that. But if I don't know if you guys know, know Brady from – listening but brady how many won if you won two national matches now yeah two two national matches a couple top fives but and won I a mean, grundle of local matches so brady yeah. knows what he's talking about so he knows how to win and he knows how to do it in a short amount of time so i try my best come a long ways really and, fast unless my head gets in the way we've been working on that lately <laughs> Well, I think that's just just uh, like is gaining, getting your feet on the ground completely yeah. in this deal. It took me yeah, a long time, time to figure out sure. how to do that. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. No, it's definitely, I think now just time is yeah. what I need for sure. Yeah, which we should talk about uh, mental stuff eventually too. So yeah. we got a, quite a few things that we can talk about, and I think we should save the Ruger deal for another one because we, we are at, at 56 minutes at the moment. So it's which gotta, you want to keep it around an hour, right? For the first. Yeah, I think yeah. we should stick around an hour. But so, uh, any of you guys listening, uh, you can look us up on facebook or instagram and if you guys have any questions for the podcast um let us know um topics yeah yeah because like i i I get ideas from a lot of times going to places and then like today after the local match here i stuck around and talked to four or five guys they were just asking me questions about random stuff and you know I I started – it's been about six months or so that I decided that it's probably about time to get one of these going because I get a lot of the questions. And so I think this is a way that – and I get a lot of the same questions over and over. Um, and so I think this is a way to be able to get more information to more people that have the questions yeah. and be able to help them out. So hopefully – yeah, we can be able to facilitate that and go through. So we'll save going through the rest of our equipment um, for the next one, and we will get to the Ruger match and talk about that because that was I don't know about you, but I thought that match. was probably yeah. <laughs> that was definitely the funnest match I've shot this year. Yeah, I think so. I I I liked it a lot. I mean, I. I love all the matches we go to, but and I'm kind of partial to Texas. I love Texas, man. But I do love – we come out here on the western side of the country where I'm used to shooting. Those those field-style matches are fun. I love, I love shooting off rocks and trees. Well, I love it too. I love Cameo. Yeah. The only I thing do. I've well, ever lost yeah. at Cameo so <laughs> far is say. a tiebreaker. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and the tiebreaker was freaking power factor. Yeah, that place Ugh. has been good to you. Oh, well. that I mean, that's fine, but that place has been good to me, so I can't complain much. Yeah. I mean. No, I agree. It is it is an amazing place. There's a lot of amazing places we go. Some of these places I, mean, I can't believe even exist. Well, yeah, we're, look at the matches we're going to in the next two weeks. We're going to, yeah. to uh, Raton down there at the Whittington Center. My gosh, that yeah. Cole Canyon, that's a pretty cool little uh, venue. Yeah. And then we're going to go to Parma, which 
guys don't like it because of the dust, but that's the only thing about that range that's not freaking awesome. I agree. I love Parma. Like, Parma is, it's awesome, because, you know, it's always a fair match there, too. They don't have big targets. They got, they got a lot of wobbly positions, but a lot of solid props. I mean, I think wobbly props is one of those things where you got to learn how to do it, which it yeah. forces you to use like a tripod and manage your time. But yeah, but that's a skill and that's something that you need to have in your bag of tricks. So I, I personally like it and uh, I like that place and it's another one. But of it's those just a good, that, it's a good mix. Like it's a hard match, but a fun match. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not ridiculous, those, but it's way. Yeah. Yeah. I it's yeah it's never ridiculous but it is pretty freaking awesome. It's another one of them places that's been really good to me, so I'm biased again. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been good to you too. So yeah, yeah. I remember one shot there twice, but the first one was my very first national match ever, and the second one I got second, so I can't complain. Yep, that we and you went first and second last year at that match. Yeah, so no, it's it's an awesome place. And it's only five hours from home, which is even better. Yeah, it's only three and a half for me, so it ain't even that bad. Oh, really? It's only that far for you? I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, yeah, you're an hour and a half south of me. Yeah, I forget that, yeah. Yeah, it... But it's not too bad. It's... Yeah. I don't know. It's a cool place. Cool. But... Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I think we should wrap it up right here and then uh we will catch you guys later but if you like again hit us up on um social media and we'll try to get some more episodes out and uh hopefully answer some questions so thanks for listening and uh uh we'll talk to you guys later see you guys